Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Don't forget to su- subscribe to the YouTube channel today. Hit the like buttons. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, and whoa, the biggest guest in the history of our CHGO Cubs <laughs> podcast. We have not only the three-time manager of the year, but the man that led the Cubs to the World Series championship in 2016, Joe Madden. Joe, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking me on. And by the way, the most sophisticated uh, entrance into a show that that I've done so far. Well done. Outstanding. <laughs> well, it's all about the buildup, Joe. That's what it is. You know, beautiful, beautiful. How did you uh, how did this book come about? The book of Joe trying not to suck at baseball and life with you and Tom Ferducci. How did the idea come about, and where did you find the time to do it? Well, uh, it, great. Um, first of all, when we went to the World Series with the Rays in 2008, I was asked often by people to do a book. I didn't think I was worthy or ready for something like that. So we go through the Cub experience, win a World Series. After the 19th season, I talked with Tommy, and we both were on the same page. We wanted. Uh, I asked if he'd like to do this with me. He said yes. And then the premise, overarching, he had already – uh, ran this by me was to compare and contrast managing in the 1980s to present time and then to utilize all the different Maddenisms um, per chapter as you've seen in order to make a book that's hopefully more appealing than just a baseball audience. Um, it could be utilized or looked at or read or uh, uh, from a CEO perspective, from a school teacher's perspective, from a leadership perspective. Uh, we wanted to touch all those different areas and from what I've been hearing I think we, we've, uh, we've accomplished that. I love how the book takes you from the Maddenisms, shows you where they're used in a baseball context, but also in a life context. Can you think of a time when one of those phrases was used or not used for you in what was maybe your toughest baseball decision as a manager? The actual decision? Um, well, I mean, the thing, I don't know if it's the toughest, but as, a, as an example, uh, when I had Javi attempt to safety squeeze with the two strikes on him a full count, in Cleveland, I mean, and I, I mentioned there Zim. Uh, I worked with Don Zimmer for years, and uh, Zim was a beautiful man. And Zim, I don't know how many times he told me, listen, if it comes to your mind, do it. Don't run away from it. So we're going through all this heated moment, and um, I think Shaw was pitching good slider. And Javier has a tendency at times, especially at that point, to chase when a full count. So I thought, you know, let's just this might give him a better opportunity because a safety squeeze, you don't have to bunt it if it's a ball. Anyway. So there's an example of the thought came in my head. I swear I thought about Zim in the moment. So I thought for sure he was watching over. It's going to work, but it didn't. Uh, but that's an example. Uh, whatever you put out there comes back to you. I've gone through that whole uh, chapter about that. These things I think about often uh, in a baseball sense. If it comes to your mind, do it. If I get into a little bit of a jam, whatever you put out there comes back to you. Positive out, positive back, negative out, negative back. Very simple. The, it's funny you mentioned Javi to me because that's kind of where the whole uh, try not to suck thing was born. <laughs> um, you talk about it again a little bit in your book, but I'm curious as how that helped shape who you became as a manager, especially at that time when guys like Javi and, and Chris Bryant, Anthony, they were all kind of coming up and this next group of stars, how you know your whole manager, managerial career led to this whole try not to suck thing and why that was such a big uh, part for you. Yeah, a big part of that was I learned to take risks. I had uh, fortune favors the bold when I was with the uh, Rays. I, um, you know, everybody's afraid of trying new and different things, and everybody's afraid of making a mistake. And if you're afraid to make mistakes, you're never going to stand there and win the last game of the season. It's pretty simple stuff. So I get all these younger guys, and a lot of what I did with the Cubs, I had been through in the past, whether it was instructional leagues in Arizona, uh, as a bench coach to Soch or eventually managing the Rays and then the Cubs. Uh, so this stuff, I mean, I've done before, tried and true, thought about, not just thrown out there and see if it sticks. And then when you get an audience or a group like the the, the young Cub group, so talented, the perfect canvas to try all these different things with. I, I'm never really worried about if it doesn't work, then I have to explain it because if I'm going to try it, I've thought about it and I got a reason to do it. And I've had a, uh, a lot of validation, like I said, conversation with guys like Don, Zin, uh, Don Zimmer, Preston Gomez, Bob Clear, you've never heard of. All these guys I, I relied upon in the past, and then their voices come back, the thoughts, the moments. So I just had a, a wonderful experience getting to this point, and the cachet of mentorship that I've had 
is, um, is, is phenomenal. And I'm really appreciative of that. Joe, I, I live a few miles north of Wrigley Field, so I'm, I'm around the area all the time, and I still see the try not to suck shirts like every day. Like, what's, what's it like to, to know that that just, like, stuck and, like, is looked at as something so special to this fan base and to this city? It is special. Uh, none of it's lost on me. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm humbled by all of that. I'm, I'm sincerely um, – uh, I come from really normal roots here. I'm back in Pennsylvania where I grew up. Uh, coal mines are just over there. Uh, grandpa's worked there. I've not a lot has changed. My dad was a plumber. So when you when you get like uh, the respect of a fan base, like the folks of Chicago, which I've talked about it, nauseam, I so respect and love the place. And then to be um, uh, remembered in that kind of a way by this group, wow, that means a lot because these are authentic people. These people, you're, you're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes there, man. If you don't really fall through and if they think that you're trying to fib them at all, ain't going to work, brother. So to be respected in, in that way by that group really, uh, really screams at me in a positive way. Joe, today's the anniversary of beating the Cardinals in 2015 in the playoffs. And I think back to that night and what it was like being there. Do you think of that as maybe the launching point for where that team started to go or was there a moment earlier in the process that you can pinpoint to where you thought, you know what, this is special. And this, this group of guys might get there. If you look up the, uh, the dates, we played the um, giants in a four game series. Uh, is that September, August or September, whatever that was. Um, I went to the ballpark that day and I was, what was it? I think August. August. It was sometime in August. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I went to the park so jacked up that day. I, I mean, I mean, normally I don't like to try to apply any more weight to anything, but I knew how important that was. Uh, the Giants uh, championship caliber team, a uh, bunch of veteran players, Boaches, the skip. I respect them so much. And this is the team we had to get through. I thought if we if we could really pull this off here, uh, that could really jettison us. I, I thought it. And I so I'm telling you, man, I was I was that excited about that series. We ended up sweeping them. If I remember correctly, the last game, we're up three to two, something like that. Last inning, they load the bases against Hector, I believe. Please look that up. I think that's true. And then he gets out of it, and we win the game by a point. That, to me, is what really uh, permitted us to really believe that we can do this. No question about it. So when I look back at that season, more than anything, that series there stands out. Of course, the pitch, Piscotti chasing slider in the dirt, beautiful thing from the sideline. But... You had to get to that point. You have to, your group had to believe. You have to have short-term victories in order to have this huge potential victory. And that was one of the most significant short-term victories or four games in a row that led to the moment where we can actually compete playoffs in 2015. You say that, but I when I think back to 2015, I think mm -hmm. about the Chris Bryant walk-off against the Rockies. <laughs> and going into that game, you guys have been struggling out of the break. Mm -hmm. But after that game... The, you guys just went on an insane run the rest of the season. I felt like when I think back to it now, I think about Chris Bryant hitting that walk-off against the Rockies and that kind of, I don't know, maybe instilling some sort of energy or, or, or confidence in, a, in that team that had no expectations really coming in to really believe in themselves and to be able to you know go to the playoffs maybe at that point and, and, and who knows, maybe make some noise. But like... To me, when I look mm -hmm. back at in 15, when he hit that walk-off, not only is Lynn Casper's call just insane <laughs> and awesome, and I will forever remember it and love it, but to see what the team did after it was something like I don't think we'll ever see again, just the, the stretch from in that August and going into September. Well, I'm not going to argue with you. I love the two. Um, I think it was fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, again, I'm just trying to – the, the competition at that point, playing the Giants at that time of the year, that could have gone so sideways. Just like we gained momentum, we could have lost it just as badly. And uh, I'm just, I, I thought that, that really uh, propelled us, but I'm not going to argue with you. Of course, actually, when I was with the Rays, uh, Zobras hit a big home run. We, we lost seven games in a row before the All-Star break with the Rays when we went to the World Series in 2008. People don't even know that. And we come back, we went a, a real tough game against Toronto. I think Halliday was pitching in. Um, Tropicana on a Zobris late inning home run. Those here, I can't argue. I can remember Eckstein hitting grand slams 
against Toronto in, in 2002 that really was, and that was early in the year. So these seminal moments occur at any time. Uh, I, I respect your opinion a lot. I just saying that uh, for me, the four games against the Giants and yeah. Bochy and that group, wow, that's not easy yeah. to do. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just saying that, that for <laughs> me, that not. was There's that no was that was absolutely like to me that was just kind of like the launching point for me for as the fan watching from the outside, sure. not knowing what's going on in the dugout, all that stuff. I, and I think a lot of fans feel like that as well. Um, but I do remember the Giants series, and I I do remember going into that series very nervous because that was a very good Giants team, and again, this Cubs team was you know. We were waiting to see if like they were going to ascend or just stay at the you know at an average level. And what they did in that series was, uh, you, you're right, Joe. It was something that you're like, okay, we can do something here. And that's what I love the conversation. I mean, um, you're bringing up a point. I bring up a point. That's what makes baseball so interesting. I mean, to be able to recap a year like that and talk about those different moments. That's that's the beauty of this. That's why I want us to be able to create a conversation throughout the industry so that this game becomes the national pastime again. Everybody, when they talk about our game, baseball, the, the national pastime. I want that to be part of the conversation in the future. Joe, that golden era is like the peak of baseball, obviously, in Chicago. Are you surprised, or what do you think of the Cubs going through another rebuild to where now you know we're making comparisons on podcasts like this? Like, is this the 2014 Cubs this year? Are, are you shocked by the Cubs just a five years after winning the World Series, starting to move towards a rebuild? Not really. I mean, that was kind of the intent after I had left. Um, uh, it was pretty obvious. Um, and listen, I love David. I'm, I'm wishing David nothing but the best. And Jed, Jed and I are good friends. We talk. Um, I just think that's the path they've chosen, right? Uh, uh, the way the baseball is structured now, front offices um, want to go in that direction on occasion. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Um, of the the rebuild, although let me put it this way: if I'm part of that, if that that had been chosen after 2019, 2020, they've been more than happy to participate because I really enjoyed being there that much. It's just the way the game structured structured financially, and the ebb and flow, and how you can keep players or feel as though you can't, and then when you can't, and you have to rebuild this whole thing, that's where you end up in a situation like they're in right now. Uh, worked out pretty well the first time. Uh, but I'm not saying anything badly about these guys. I, I mean, I'm such a big fan of everybody back there. Uh, you mentioned Lenny. Lenny knows with the White Sox. But that whole, that whole moment in time, those five years, could not have been better for me. I loved every second of it. Do you have any advice for uh, David Ross or a player coming up through that system, having seen it work and being a huge part of it working the first time? Do you have any advice for a young player that comes <clears throat> up like Chris Bryant did or Kyle Schwarber or Javi Baez? when they get here to go through that experience, maybe something from the book that would help them out when they get here. The only, what I normally did with all the young guys that came up is the, one of the first things I would say to them, maybe the first thing was, please uh, be yourself and don't try to do anything differently. I think when anybody gets to the major leagues for the first time, oh, I gotta be better. I gotta do more. I gotta try harder. All these different thoughts that you may have are absolutely wrong. You need to be the same human being that you had been in AAA. And before that, yeah, it's uh, the more scrutiny on the game. Uh, there are better players all around you, but you're there for a reason. And you need to bring you to the ballpark on a daily basis. That's what I try to extrapolate from these guys. And that's a lot of what I did is to really promote the individual. One of my thoughts was the more freedom given, the greater respect and discipline return. Uh, using the freedom in a baseball sense, not a whole lot of rules and regulations not overbearing, permit you to go ahead and make some mistakes as long as they're hard, sincere mistakes. These are the kind of things that I think bring out the best in an athlete, I think, in, in your jobs. I mean, to be overridden all the time or constantly be lorded over, not so cool, man. When somebody's always there trying to point out what's going wrong or, in fact, tries to tell you what to do in advance without giving you per permission, in a sense, or permitting you to go out there and do your thing. I'm all about that. You go do your thing, brother. I am there to support you. If I'm seeing something off the rails a little bit, I promise you I'll point it out. But you really need to empower the people you're working with in order to get the most out of them. So basically, try not to suck is, is what you're saying. <laughs> right. is that, that's the longer version, right? <laughs> uh, that's, Mike, that's the God, that's uh, what was Iron Butterfly and God of the Vita version right there. 
Um, <laughs> my question is obviously when looking back at 2016, like 15 was a good breakout. A lot of these young guys playing well. Um, but what really tied the team together was adding veterans, established veterans into that group to help them along. One of those guys is Jason Hayward. A couple months ago, uh, Jed announced that the Cubs and Jason Hayward were parting ways. We spoke to Jason uh, a couple weeks back about it and his, his time in Chicago. But um, when you look back at it, uh, especially with your time in Chicago, the, you know those few years, how important was Jason Hayward? Because um, obviously the numbers offensively clearly were not there, but how important was he to what you guys were building in Chicago? I just texted him right after I had read that. He got back to me, and I wanted him to know. And I said it to him in the past. We were always a better team when he was on the field. Um, there's so many uh, intangible qualities that he brings to the ballpark every day. And I know hits are important, and everybody wants to see uh, high OPSs these days, whatever. But the, the defense was magnificent. The base running was so good. Uh, and just the presence alone. And in a big moment, I still liked him up in a big moment because I know, competitively speaking, you're not going to get more comp uh, competitive uh, uh, attempt out of a player than you are out of uh, J-Word. So I was, uh, I told him that. Again, he got back to me, very gracious. But the Cubs were a better team when he was on the field based on all the other things that he brought to the table. Maybe the hitting wasn't what uh, people were expecting from the beginning. But overall, man, this guy uh, was right down to the meeting in Cleveland during the rain delay. This guy was in there all the time, making an impact on individuals, picking people up, supporting people, got tough conversations when it wasn't going so well. There's so many things that Jay Ward did that does not get credit for. And this, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get upset and yell and, you know, look, you don't even know what else I did. This guy was quietly one of the best teammates I've ever been around. Um, We've had a lot of questions in the chat. Everyone wants us to ask you all these <laughs> questions. Chat. There's so many, but a lot of people love to look back on how you manage game seven of the World <laughs> Series. Um, <laughs> you know, I think specifically with how Kyle Hendricks came out early. Mm -hmm. um, from a fan perspective myself, Joe, um, it's something like I, I've, I've heard you talk about it before, but I, I guess my my – I guess what I'm asking is, uh, would would you even now like? Would you still do that all over again, or is it is it something that maybe you've thought about? Like maybe if things, maybe you would do things different, or I don't know. I I I, I feel like the type of guy you are, you probably won't change things because the Cubs won that game. But <laughs> chapter um, five, that it is a very like is the most talked about like controversial thing. I feel like in Cubs history for a game that they won. Yeah, I mean, it's just the narrative that was created during the game. And again, you got to look at the entire picture. Earlier in that game, Kyle was struggling and uh, we got through it, uh, line drive at KB. And at that time, I had to get Johnny warmed up. Um, the plan was to go from Kyle to John to Araldis that night. And that's really what I wanted to try to stick to because I felt strongly about those three guys. So it, it, we get through that moment. It kind of starts to settle down. And here's the thing that happened. I guess, first of all, the umpire did miss a call on um, uh, the left-handed hitter that hit right there. He's with the, the Mariners right now. Um, come on, help me out here. Anyway, he gets the first base with two outs. On deck is Kipnis and followed by Lindor. Part of the game plan was uh, to not um, put Johnny in a really difficult situation. We called it a dirty inning. So I figured with that guy at first base, the runner at first base, there was not a stealing threat. Uh, just go ahead and do Johnny now because... Here's what happens, and you got to think it all the way through. Uh, Lindor is on deck, who I much wanted, preferred hitting right-handed than left-handed. So if Kipnis happens to get on, then here comes uh, Johnny Lester into the game with two guys on as opposed to one. So it, it gets a little bit deeper than the surface that everybody's looking at. What does Kipnis do? He hits a dribbler in front of the plate that, that David has a hard time with, and then the two runs scored on a ball that bounces off of his face mask. And then after that, Lester was fantastic. So, again, in my mind, I had worked out actually pretty well. Uh, we didn't execute the slow roller, and then a, and a pitch hits a guy in a face mask. And then all of a sudden, because somebody on national TV describes it in a certain way, it creates a narrative. But you got to look at the big picture, and that's what I was looking at. If I'm going to use Lester right there, who I wanted to put in the game, Lester had warmed up twice, and David came in after the second time and says, man, 
he looks fabulous. I don't know if I've seen him look any better than this about Johnny. So that's why I did it. So there's all this little subplot going on. Um, and that's what led to the decision to take uh, Khaled at that moment. Got you. It was Carlos Santana, by the way. Ah, that's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Joe, two quick questions. I know we're up against it time-wise. Number one, I know you've said you'd love to manage if the perfect situation was there. You'd go back mm-hmm. in. Are the White Sox interesting to you, the Chicago White Sox on the other side of town? And number two, does Cousin Eddie still exist? Do you still have the van? Okay, first of all, first the White Sox are interesting. All major league teams are interesting. Um, but I, I've not been approached. Honestly, I've okay. not been approached, and I don't even know if I will be, and that's that's okay. Um, I'm still working through all this stuff with the book. Um, I've, I've, I think people understand where I'm coming from right now, which is really important to me, and that's why I'm doing these kind of things, because uh, the part of baseball that I'm, I'm trying to help influence is to put analytics back in its place, information, whatever you want to call it, and get real baseball being played once again the kind that I think fans are looking for. Cousin Eddie was the RV. Cousin Eddie was the third iteration was recently sold, but the van is still going. Oh, the van, Uh, that's the Cal State Fullerton. The van has got it getting a new engine put in it as we speak. Uh, 360, it was was a 318, which I didn't like, is a 360 now, 408 stroker kit. And that's being done in Downey, California with fuel injection. So new new, uh, captain seats for me to sit in, new engine so that it goes quicker on the freeways. And it's done. I just I was going to bring it back to PA, but it took so long. I'm just going to have it in Arizona, just uh, tool around Arizona. And love it. Rides great. <laughs> it was always a vibe go. when you showed up to spring training with that thing. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> so good. I mean, honest. I've always wanted one. I when I started out with the Angels in in '76, a fellow by the name of um, uh, Doug Slavet used to take me to practice in one at, at Cal State Fullerton. That's how this all came together. And I've always wanted one. I researched. I don't know how many years, and I finally found it on Craigslist in Pittsburgh at least 10 years ago, and that's when I bought it. Joe, uh, we can't thank you enough. We really appreciate your time. We want to wish you good luck with the book. We've skimmed it. I haven't been able to read the whole thing yet, but I do love okay. parts of it. I, I love the way it ends. I won't give it away for everybody. I love the way it ends with your father. Uh, you. Great stuff. And uh, the book is The Book of Joe, Trying Not to Suck at Baseball and Life. Joe Madden and the great Tom Verducci as well. Joe, we wish you well. Uh, we you're hope ever... to see you back. The chat is full of Cubs fans right now on YouTube saying, Joe, thank you for 2016 and the great cool. run of Cubs baseball. If you're ever in, thank you. If you're ever back in Chicago, we'd love to have you in the studio. Come hang out. Yes. Yeah. Great. I, I would love to do that. And I'm going to be there, but only brief. I got a book uh, signing coming up on the 16th at two places there. And then that big autograph session at, I think, Rosemont area. That'll be on the 18th. And I got to get to Arizona. My daughter, Sarah's wow. in a body building competition um, on, on, on the 19th. So I'm excited about that. Well, good luck to her as well. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks, you for having Joe. me on. Beautiful. Thank, you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Y'all be well. Thank you. The great Joe Madden. Uh, <laughs> and again, please wow. make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel. Yeah, hit that like button for Joe Madden. You want the like, like button. Subscribe for Joe. Yeah. Like for Joe. Share. Send it to your friends for Joe. I... He's never short for a story. He's <laughs> right. always got oh, a good yeah. story with something. His, oh, yeah. He has to have that entire, like, when I asked him about Game 7 and taking out Hendricks, like, the amount of times he has probably answered that question. To oh, yeah. yeah, it's in the book. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking to buy the book, again, the book, Amazon, all those different places, but it's Chapter 5. It goes it's very the try not, It's the Try Not to Suck chapter. Yeah. yeah. And he, he talks also about the part where, he walks after the rain delay. During the rain delay, he walks back there and he sees the players having the meeting where Hayward's talking and Schwarber's talking and Rizzo's talking. And he thinks back to try not to suck, which Joey's wearing the shirt today. And he's like, I don't need to go say anything to him. They remember they've learned the lesson, try not to suck, because he could hear those guys speaking from the outside looking in. Yeah. And so that's where that phrase came into play in winning the World Series. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. great. The, the book got to skim it a little bit. Great. Good. I mean, but you you know Joe Madden can tell a good story. So, like, oh, a book absolutely. a book of Joe is, is like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be, it's good stuff. I love that the title has, you know, trying not to suck in it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that, that, that is him. that is the best, you know, it's going to happen was a cool Cubs phrase when it first came out. But try not to suck 
and then we did not suck yeah are the two greatest phrases ever yeah i mean that was that was like if when you think back to joe madden's time in chicago outside of like just straight up winning the world series like trying not to suck is like the thing that's yeah. like that that and joe are like what interconnected was the, uh, in this what city. was the other one um Hashtag we are good was Miggy Montero. Montero. Yeah, embrace the target. That's embrace the target's oh, a yeah. chapter in the book too. And go. then uh, don't let the pleasure exceed, or don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, you know, those are my some of my favorites. Yeah, man. He, uh, you know, I'm I remember back in '19, like in the lame duck year, like a lot of people were like ready to be done, or you know, were standing him, whatever. And uh, you know, I. I will never forget the good times, and I and I don't even know if you can really put too much blame on how the ending happened. I think it, it all has to do with a lot with how the Cubs just could not continue to develop more young talent. Um, I think that was a big part of why nineteen went the way it was, and I think they just want to go a new direction. And you know, I think that's a big reason why he's really still okay with how things ended with yeah. the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing a T-shirt today coincidentally there you go i was gonna say i mean i think it's kind of like where it's like with the players and stuff like it's time to move on Mm -hmm. it it kind of felt like at the time too like it's time to you know you hear the stories of like the maybe some friction front office and joe or or what have you it just overall felt like you know maybe it's just time to move on like the cubs this is as low as they've been since like 2014 not not making the playoffs right Mm -hmm. so it just felt like you know, it's time time to get new blood in here. Time to get a new manager. Time to just you know get a different perspective on things. And maybe I, w- I think that goes to your point that he is okay with the way things ended. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was or wasn't the right time. I just know that when you go back and look at the record and what he did as the Cubs manager, not only was he the perfect manager at the right time yeah. for that group of guys, I still do believe that if he was the manager today, the next group of guys would benefit just as well. Not that David Ross won't be the perfect manager at the perfect time, but I do think there's something about Joe Madden with a group of young guys and a slight mixture of veterans that is just right for winning on the north side in Chicago. And specifically when it was trying to break the 108-year curse. People can make fun of the Flamingos and the Giraffes and all that stuff. They don't win the World Series without Joe Madden. You, yeah. could, you could complain about whatever play or decision you want you can nitpick everything. They don't win the World Series without Joe Madden. They don't get to the NLCS three straight years without Joe Madden. No. Right? And, no. Yeah. And, you know, the whole, not necessarily the entire point of the book, but he talked a little bit about how taking analytics out of the game oh, yeah. or taking, not letting coaches be coaches and let the front office and analytics yeah. department be them. Um, you know, and in some parts of that, I, I agree with him there. Yeah, because I don't think he's, like, anti-analytics. I, I think, because I know, like, with the Rays, like, that was kind of a reason why they liked him so much. Same with, like, the, yeah. the Cubs, same way. It was just, I think, from what I've taken, it's like Joe is more of he didn't, the implementation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't completely agree with because it's kind of being force-fed down. Every, yep. every decision that's being made, front office-wise, managerial-wise, everything is due to analytics. And I think he yeah. wants more, as a manager more freedom to yeah. be a manager. If it's, we had one more time for one more question, the next question for me would have been, so are you happy the shift is gone? <laughs> yeah, and I think we one. would have gone probably 15 more minutes, oh, and yeah. that might yeah. have been a little too much time for him, but. I think a good example of like what he's trying to fight is, if you want to look at a memorable moment that's gone wrong, is when Kevin Nash – is that his name, Kevin? The manager for the Rays. I'm not – I don't think – it's his last name's Nash. Um, I'm thinking of the wrestler. You're right, it's Nash. Is it Kevin Nash? He's oh, same. Kevin Nash is a wrestler. I yeah. thought it was Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. 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 My Kevin. bad. No, it's Not Steve Nash. Cash. It's My Steve. bad. Kevin Nash. Steve? Big Daddy Cool Diesel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Steve on. Nash, isn't it? What? Oh no, that's yeah. the basketball. That's it is Kevin anyway, Cash. When Kevin, Kevin Cash Love took that. out Blake Snell, it's Tango and Cash. That's, you guys don't even know that show. Uh, when, young. <laughs> anyway, when when Cash took out. Blake Snell in that World Series game against the Dodgers, and then the Rays proceeded to blow the rest of that game when Blake Snell was just shoving it down their throats. A lot of people believe that they went with the analytical yeah. look of it, and the way Snell was pitching, it it's kind of like go with your gut there a little bit more, and I feel like that's kind of like what Joe Madden is trying to say is like, hey, don't – like analytics are fine, but hey, it's a game though. Like any – like – 
let the coaches decide and do this. I he had and yeah. so he's trying to bring a little bit more of that back into the game, and that probably honestly, from his perspective, is probably right in terms of maybe that would create more fans. Well, and in the book, he's talking about the Javi bunt in the World Series, and he explains that don't let the outcome change why you made the decision like yeah. you know he goes back and looks at that that was his training from Don Zimmer way back like a play that he thought was going to work there it didn't work there but he has no regrets over it because that's what he had been trained to do and if the outcome's different and he lays down the perfect bunt everybody looks at him as like wow Joe Madden just pulled off the greatest play in the history of World Series moves so anyways it's it's a good book book worth checking out and uh huge thanks to Joe for coming What's the on name of that book again the Book of Joe, Try Not to Suck at Baseball and Life. There you go. There you go. That is a solid title. I like it. Um, hey, Green Ridge Farm, a Chicago local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural meat option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. All-natural meat sticks, hardwood smoked for eight hours, and with 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest, beef, Flavors like jalapeno, cheddar, and spicy chili. Haven't tried them? You don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural. They deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigeration section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO. At checkout. Now, big Bears game tonight. If you're thinking about going there and you don't have a ticket yet, game time's the way to go. Game time, the hottest new ticketing site that's making it easier than ever to score the best ticket deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate? It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets. Created by the fans for the fans. Guaranteed lowest price. If you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us right now, buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to your favorite events. Bears. Commanders. Oh, this is a huge game. I still have to pause. It's going to be more than a dollar. Like, I don't know what to say. I, 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 I assume it will be more than a dollar. I was going to say, but it, it's mm. still a really good price. I wish they were still a Washington football team, though. That that name grew on me. I was all right with that. It sounded dumb at it. first. And then it. Like, it was such a joke it. at the beginning, but then it's it. like Washington football team. I got to tell you, Commanders is lame. Yeah. Washington football team, they like accidentally lucked into the soccer naming, like, you know, yeah. Washington football team. It was like so nothing that it was cool. Yeah, I loved it. By the, by the end of it, I loved it. I'm like, I wish they kept it. I'm like, if, with if, the numbers like, on the helmets, you know, like it's a cool gimmick. There WF, was a part. There was a part the, of me that was like, if the Bears changed the Chicago football team, what, what they should have done that much. They should have. I hated at the beginning, but yeah, then they would just. Yeah, I, they it, can't it, switch now. How about how about DCFC? That would have been cool. That's too soccer like though. DCFC. What if they just Come went on. with CHGO? Uh, there you go. Oh, no, we got that already. We got the copyright on that. <laughs> Shane seeing tickets for 81 bucks tonight. It's not bad. Hey, that's that. a chance to actually see a Bears win this year, maybe. $81? I saw one. I saw one. You could see one tonight. would be a good deal. <laughs> I saw one this year. 83. They could see one tonight. You did. That's right. Possibly. All right, let's get to our report cards. We still have time to do that today. Uh, we're grading the Cubs players. Starting with position players, we're going Offense, defense, overall, and, and you, then... If, I was going to say, if they haven't... If, if you missed the last two shows, we started off with Nico and Steele right. on Tuesday. Yesterday, we did Wisdom and Smiley, Smiley. and today... Today, we're going with Saya and then Samson. So, we're sticking with one pitcher, one position yeah. player. Let's go with uh, our Saya report cards for the season. Um, I also wish we had another five minutes. Like you could go, you could talk to Joe Madden for two hours, yeah, really. and it's a comfortable conversation. You know what I mean? Like I, I did want to ask him Shohei versus Judge. One was his player. If he had a vote, who would be his MVP? Mm. He's honest enough that I think he'd give you the the, the real yeah. answer. I'm just curious which it would be. 
So yeah, so, uh, yeah. tune in, tune in next time. Anyways, <laughs> say future Cub. He's gonna be in town. Like we should just call him back and see if he wants to come in for again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> future Cub Shohei Shohei Otani. Now say a Suzuki. Cody, you want to go first? Offense, defense, overall. Sure. Why not? Um, oh. Mine. In the. <laughs> Luke's cars. Luke's, um, Luke, more car troubles for Luke Stuckmeyer this week. Oh, my God. I tell <laughs> you what, if it's the battery again, that's the end of it. That's uh, the last time that car alarm went off was the battery. You're gonna If, if you need a ride home, you're going to have to stay here until about 6 o'clock. I'm telling you right now, if it's the battery, I'm going to have speaks with somebody, <laughs> as Mongo used to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so, say Suzuki for me. Uh, I'm going offense, B+, plus, defense, B, and overall B. Oh, no, that's Luke. That's Luke. I'm sorry. Oh, we that just gave it all. I just thought I, sc- right. I thought I screwed it up. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. I, uh, I was like, the defense didn't look uh, right. I was reading the wrong I'm one. I'm here. I'm sorry. I just gave away Luke's grades. I'm sorry, everyone. Please uh, proceed like to didn't call hear that. Proceed to trash me in the comments. It's no. fine. By the way, how about Cody telling Joe, that wasn't the moment. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, Joe. I didn't mean settle to. Down, it was a Chris home run. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Easy, skipper. <laughs> Anyone can sweep a four-game series against the Giants, but... Not everyone can hit a home run like Chris Bryant. <laughs> anyway, all right, so Suzuki, I'm going offense B, defense C+, plus, and overall B-. minus. All right, the offense, um, I give it a B because, it. let's be real, it was inconsistent, right? Um, it started off great, and then he went through the cold stretch because the league adjusted. Then he got hurt, and he came back and was hot, and then he went through another struggling period, and then he ended the season hot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of inconsistency, but that's what you get out of a rookie, right? Like, the league adjusted, and he mm-hmm. adjusted back. So maybe, you know, you could convince me to increase it to, like, a B-plus or even an A, even just because of how he was able to adjust and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But um, just for the season that he had, and I I won't lie, I had a little bit higher expectations. I mean, the guy hit 30-plus homers in Japan and wasn't a was an elite outfielder, um, which brings me to the defense as being a C-plus because he had, he had some issues out there uh, at, at Wrigley this year. I, I think the defense can be better, but I was a little underwhelmed. I would say it was about average. I don't know what the defensive metrics are. You know how I am. I'm Dell Metrics. I don't look at that. Yeah. But based off the, the metrics I, that you use, you can't find on like yeah, Savon yeah. or the, 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 the Based off the eye test, <laughs> I think he can be better defensively. But this year it was pretty average. And if, if, that's, if that's the floor, then I'm fine with that. Um, so I guess that kind of averages out to like a B minus. Um, I thought – he was good, but there's a lot to improve on, yeah. and I think 2023 is a is he's primed to have a big year. Yeah, I agree. Well, my report card is pretty similar. Um, I went B on offense, B minus on defense, and then a B overall. Um, as far as offense goes, like you said, he you know he had highs and lows, uh, and that comes with having to adjust to the major league game. Like he was like a, a Japanese superstar, um, but when you know obviously major leagues is, is a little bit of a level above that so he had to adjust and you saw him come out so hot out of the gate in April that when kind of his struggles hit in May you got a little bit concerned but then I mean he missed June but then he comes out in July has a good month struggles again in August and then like September end of the season was insanely good I don't remember what the WRC plus is in his October he had 139 WRC plus September October combined finished with 116 or yeah 116 was his overall on the season uh, but I think the the best indicator of how good he can be is the fact that he continued to adjust to things. Like mm-hmm. he, he had the lows, made his adjustments, had a good month, had another you know few weeks of lows, made more adjustments, had a great month. Like that that was what you wanted to see because you knew the adjustments were coming. Just because he had a great April, you know, he started out hot. I, I, everyone figured there was going to be some adjustment period to have, and when those things when those times came, he really did well in adjusting. Um, he looks like a you know top five in the order bat, kind of bat. Uh, maybe ne- I don't know if he's gonna be an all star next year, but maybe he could produce close to that level. Like with a full now a full year in the big leagues, a full year a full off season where he's not worrying about you know a lockout or where he's gonna play or moving from Japan to Chicago, like all this different stuff. I think that'll do wonders for him, and I can see just what he did on offense this year translating to an even better twenty twenty three. As far as defense, B minus I gave him um, was a uh, you know negative defensive run save, negative and and outs above average, which just like metrics alone tells you it wasn't a great year for him defensively. 
But I, I think you also give them the benefit of the doubt. Not again with all the the transitioning and and moving here and learning the game, all that kind of stuff. Wrigley Field, right field, is tough. Yeah, like, agreed. Especially in like April and and you know when the wind's blowing, all this different stuff. Like that's one of the toughest, uh, you know, just corner outfield spots to play in in the majors. So I, I I do give him the benefit of the doubt because he has been you know in Japan a Gold Glove caliber outfielder. Give him the benefit of the doubt for that. You do want to see it improve, and so maybe six months or no, whatever it is, nine months from now in June next year, sure. if we did like midseason report cards and and it hasn't improved, then you start getting a little concerned about his long term fit out there. Um, but I think, I, I think the defense will come, and and I give him you know a little bit of a boost just because of how hard it is to play that position. So overall, B B for me, I think. He, it wasn't like a, a, a – we I think we all picked him to win rookie of the year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, did not happen. Probably didn't come close. But no, he, it, he, Some of I, us picked him to have like 55 he, home runs. but He's uh, he's going to probably finish at least in top four of NL rookie I, of the year. Oh, here comes I, I don't, I don't know that I, car, I don't know way. that I would give him a top three, maybe four or five. Maybe right there. But in in the st- still a good year. Still a good year for him. What's First year in the big leagues. What on earth? Come on, Luke. My car alarm going off. Someone tried to break in. But yeah. Good year from him. Want to see better next year. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I gave the same grade. Overall, B. Um, now, remember, I gave Nico a B plus overall. So, I kind of based it off that just right from the beginning. I went for overall grade. I'm like, well, he he's, didn't have a better season than Nico. So, I have to go lower than that. So, I went down to B. But I didn't want to go too much below that. Now, offensively, I looked at it and I went B plus. Um, for all those reasons, you know, we talked about like he's adjusting from a new league. He's in a new country. He's seen all these pitchers for the first time. Um, what do you end up with? 14 home runs, I think. Yeah, 14. I would like to see that be 25 next year. If he's, if he's fully healthy for the season, I would like to see 25 or more out of say, like, that's where I would see, like to see the growth because I feel like he might've hit 20 if he was healthy this season anyway. Well, with the there were no injuries, with, right? With the adjustments too that he had to make, like that, definitely right. Didn't help with so that I don't number. think it's crazy to yeah. expect twenty-five home runs or more next year as like an expectation level that I'm kind of putting on him. Uh, defense B, I agree. Was it spectacular in right field? No, but right field defensively is not necessarily great for a lot of guys. And as Ryan pointed out, it's the toughest. Every outfielder I've ever talked to will tell you that Wrigley Field is the toughest place to play in baseball. Yeah. Right field, Wrigley Field. Sun is straight in your eyes. You mm-hmm. have the well. You have a brick wall. The sidewall is right up against the line. Like, it's it's a tough spot. So And, it, and it's something he had never dealt with before. And as he found out, uh, it is not 75 degrees here in May. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, was, he was told it's like 75, 80 here. And then he found out, no, it's more like 50 if you're lucky in May. So I'll also say that he had... A few like cutting down the runner at home, those kind of defensive yeah. plays that make you like, okay, this guy's got mm-hmm. a good arm, like got the arm, like yeah. like he learns this position a little bit There's more. One game in there that kind of sticks out to me. I think it was against the Cardinals that he might have done that, throwing a runner out. I want to say Brewers, but Maybe I it was, I don't, it was against. I, the I remember rival. there was at least a couple of plays like yeah. that this year. So. I wouldn't have argued if somebody said B minus for his overall grade, um, just because of the expectation coming in. But I think when you factor everything else in, a fair grade for say a Suzuki is. Overall, B. Yeah, you know he's be- he was better than average in right field. I think if I think of him versus other right fielders in baseball, and we use that as kind of a measuring stick, like we talked about yesterday. Again, I think he's better than average, and I think yeah. that should only improve next season if Definitely. he continues on the trend that he finished on, which was finishing strong, which I love to yeah. see. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think B is very like. Like, there aren't a lot of guys on this roster that we can give a B to, and so far we've been given a lot of Bs because we've been doing the guys who had success, right? Um, so, I, you know, I don't want people in the chat to think that all we're, think, all we're doing is giving out these nice <laughs> grades. But say Suzuki wasn't there's the— some, There's some failing grades yeah, coming. Yeah, don't yeah, you yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. Suzuki was not the reason— <laughs> He was not the reason that this team failed, in my opinion. He, uh, he I think— all things considered, when you consider him moving to a new country and not ever playing in the league, I think he did everything that you could have asked for. Again, maybe my expectations were a little bit too high, um, but 
again, I, I like him in right field, and I like him on this team. He brings a good vibe to the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to love him. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's hilarious. Um, it's pretty funny. You know, <laughs> I you know I I I hope that this offseason is is big for him, and he comes back and you know performs like the you know like one of the top paid players on the team. So. How about uh, some of the gambles tonight, Cody? What uh, I know you did bets already, but what do you got lined up for us? Well, I'm taking Bears money line, guys, and Ooh. I'm taking Justin Fields over 40 and a half yards rushing. I'm taking him to throw 200 yards passing. The what? Li- the line. <laughs> the line. Speaking of, uh, before I go any further, naked guy is stretching out here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to hoodie him. and shorts. Hoodie and shorts. He's not guy. Naked, He's not naked guy anymore. He's getting ready uh, to. He's a little chilly. Probably. I think he missed the marathon by a week. He's yeah, up there yeah, stretching yeah, yeah. as He's if he's going for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Justin Fields to throw 200 yards passing tonight because I think that the Bears open it up a little. They they've opened it. They open it up. They keep a little, bit a little bit. Two weeks ago, and they really opened it up for him in the second half. Now game script, maybe maybe this, maybe it's not the best idea to take it considering the game script of this game. If you think about it, but I think this is a big game for Justin Fields. Primetime game. It's been getting a lot of slander from the national media. And I have lots of receipts saved, so I am I'm I'm all over Justin Fields' uh, props tonight. Um, so yeah, I did them all on points bet, guys. My favorite app. I wake up every morning, I roll over, and I open it up, and I have 32 pinning bets in my account. Uh, this football season, points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games. That means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay. Bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And yes, Luke said that we did CHGO bets uh, earlier. So after the show, if you want more bets from me and Sean, go check it out. It's about 30 minutes. So. I saw wow. Jack R. saying that Nika was so much better than, say, the show. I'm like, yeah, that's why I knew when I gave B+. I couldn't go that high, and that's why I also say... I wouldn't argue with somebody that you went B minus, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't give him a C. I'd also give Nico an A, so I think A to B is right. And I and I've good. said if if Nico wins the Gold Glove, I would bump my B plus to an A minus. So then you could be there. Might be a, there still might be a little more distance in there before it's all over. <laughs> Cassidy hopped in. He really does roll over in bed every morning and checks points bet right away. <laughs> I told you, I don't, I mean, I don't lie. He doesn't, he doesn't lie on I don't show. lie. <laughs> Cassidy, we want to know, does he wear the Jordan Lowe's to bed? Yeah, does he <laughs> That is really the question. <laughs> does he ever take them off? Or, or are they just lined up perfectly? Does, does he only take <laughs> them put a, off to put on a different put a paper pair of towel shoes. over each pair of shoes before he goes to bed <laughs> so the dust doesn't get on in the evening? I'm surprised you didn't wear shoes to bed, too, because you should see the collection we have in general at our apartment. <laughs> I've I've seen it in the background of our <laughs> when we sometimes do it from home. You could see a shoe rack yeah, back yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like her dad made like like it's just like a three level thing, and we have this counter, and then there, it's high enough to where you can just slide slide those uh, shelves right under it, and there's enough backspace to where they're not in like the way of the walking lane. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, like that first one that you see like when we do remote shows, that's mine. And the middle one is like half of mine, and then half of hers, and then the other one is like all hers. So. But no LED lights yet. I'm Not still yet. thinking you guys could upgrade that. That would be yeah. sick. I, I won't lie. She likes to put like those like snow Christmas lights up during like. Oh, yeah. The, like, she likes. She probably, if I were to put, let her, she'd put the tree up today. But her dad had to build a new shoe yeah. shoe shelf just for your Jordans. Yes. Oh, wow. You couldn't yeah. do it yourself. Do I look like a handyman? No. You could be. That takes math, too. Like, I can't do you that. You did some plumbing, right? <laughs> oh, Joe yeah. was talking about his dad with the plumber, and I thought Back to myself, in. when he was talking about all that car stuff, I was a little lost. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But he dropped a new engine into that 1976 Dodge van is what he was yep. explaining. Yeah. I think that was the gist of what he said. <laughs> I like Mike Dubb's comment. He says, us g- degenerates know how to wake up. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to hear. Uh, all right. So our final report card for the day, Adrian Sampson, Cubs pitcher, Cody. What's your overall report card look like? All right, I'm making sure I'm reading mine this time. Uh, all right, maybe I'm a little high here on it. It feels weird, but I'm going <laughs> we B. We should clip that off. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going B plus for everything, results, stuff, and overall. I mean, the guy really, like, okay, results, B plus, because the results were great. Uh, you know, 
for once, I'll I'll look at fan graphs on this one. Um, you know, hit a three eleven ERA this year, uh, one and a half F WAR. Uh, that's his highest of his career. Like this was the best season of his of his career. He had three point seven nine FIP. Um, you know, strikeouts per nine and six point three, which is you know solid. Uh, and he pitched one hundred four innings. He did. He came into a really sh- really bad situation considering the injuries with the Cubs. Um, I you know. I liked him at the end of last year even. He came in and has, like, I think he had 10 starts last year. Uh, no, five starts last year. I'm looking at fan graphs. I can just look at it. Um, five starts last year, and some of those he looked like, you know, a, a, like a serviceable depth guy on a team. And um, I kind of wish the Cubs had just given him a chance earlier um, just, to, just to see if he could have done more. But, I mean, 19 starts um, and a 311 ERA, like, you can't. You can't complain about, especially with how much he's getting paid. Like, it feels weird that I'm giving Adrian Sampson a B plus, but like he did any, he did everything and more than we all expected, no doubt. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I I think he's kind of earned himself a, a chance on the 40 man this year or next season. I, I it's kind of hard to say no to it. I I think he's completely earned his spot on the. 40-man roster, and and probably even on the opening day roster. I I don't think they... And think he beat good. DeGrom like DeGrub said. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, Dub said. There you go. <laughs> A plus. Did you say DeGrub? I did say DeGrub. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Look at DeGrom. Collada might as well keep the same team next year with all these Bs. Who needs to change? <laughs> Come on, Collada. Come on, Collada. That's even far, too far for you. You're better than yeah, that. Yeah, man. You, don't you criticize Collada. Look at the Kalata, numbers for him, you're like, he didn't... He, <laughs> He wasn't the f- reason that they lost games if he pitched and no, then they was, lost. Like You're also grading hey, against expectations. Absolutely. It's not like, you know, that's if right. this was DeGrom, you would right. probably get a C. Yes, but, yes yeah. exactly. And also, another Joe Maddenism that Collada should take to heart here is attitude is a choice. <laughs> there you go. That's another chapter in the book, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, my, right, continue, choice. Ryan. So I don't want Samson. Up. So my report card reads... There you go. Uh, I get. I gave him a results. I gave him an A minus. Whoa! Is that the first? Is that the first A we've handed out? No, that that's just for, for results. Any, for, he didn't get for, 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 for any any spot on a report card. Is that the first A? Or no, Nico no, gets no, an A. Me and Ryan gave yeah. Nico an A. Yeah, yeah. On his defense. Maybe. I don't I think. I don't know if you might have gone A minus. Um, on that. You're right. Yeah, I gave him A minus on results, B minus on stuff and adjustments. I mean, again, you know, he comes up end of June. This is after. You know, coming up once, getting DFA'd, you know, going to Mariners, getting DFA'd there, coming back here. I think he he came back up once, got sent back down, like got optioned back down. That's when he got, you know, he got the ass. He was pissed, came back up, and then was a mainstay in the rotation the rest of the year for the last three-plus months, three months and change. I, I I think he deserved the A-minus on the results. It's probably more towards the lower end of, of an A-minus, but – just because, again, as Joey said, you're grading on the expectations, and no one expected Adrian Sampson to be the guy that's going out there giving you six-inning quality starts every single time out, and that's basically what he did. All of September was, I think he had one five-inning start. The rest were six innings, six innings. I think he had a seven-inning in there. I mean, he was just a guy that you knew was going to, especially in a season like this, when, or even just at a time in baseball like this, when a lot of pitchers – Especially on the low end or the or the back end of a of a rotation, are you're hoping they give you five? He did that pretty much every time he went out there. I think you you pretty much always expected him to get you five. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that one stat it was like five straight games, his streak of five games, like one of eight pitchers, and the rest are all like right. Cy Young contenders. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the results were there. And I think I, again, I think he deserved at least the A minus because no one expected that to happen, and he just pretty much proved everyone wrong that doubted him. On the other end, I gave him a B minus on the stuff and the adjustments because I just don't know that the stuff will play for like the rest of his career. I, he's like what he did this year isn't going to make him, unlike Michael Colada said, number one starter. He's not <laughs> going to be your number one Rick, it's a lot because of I don't I don't know that he has you know the, the the weapons or the you know everything that it takes to be to be a guy at the top of the rotation. He may not even be in the rotation at all come you know opening day. Um, just based on, I don't know, it was weird. It was like one of those things where you kept expecting him to get blown up because, I mean, the stuff isn't like the best stuff. He's not striking out a lot of guys. He's limiting hard contact, but not at like elite levels. And then he just never did. 
he he always went just went out there and, and threw good games. So I don't know, I don't know if I don't want to say he's getting lucky, but I just don't know how long that will right. last. If that will last next year, I mean, I guess he earned the opportunity to 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 try and see, but I just don't know for sure. So I ended up I think at a B straight B with Samson. Yeah, I mean, I I went straight B's down the line, and what you were talking about is what I think Ryan Dempster kind of touched on it late in the season in a start where he was saying, you know, he's living on the edges right now, and that's that's a control thing. You hope you can repeat that. It goes to somewhat Jack R saying, I say trade him. Now, maybe you're thinking because value is as high as it's ever going to be, you know, and, and yeah. that is a smart thing to do when a guy peaked. Like, you could have traded Bodie a couple years ago when he peaked, and maybe you would have gotten more. But at the same time, I think the depth that he provides you is more valuable than anything you'd get for him in a trade right now. Because I think most yeah. teams recognize that he's not going to be a number one, number two, number three starter for you for a long period of time. He's, in, he's a little bit older, and he hasn't proven it over a huge stretch. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's still half a season is a small sample size. Even yeah. one season is a small sample size. So yeah. don't get too excited. But the results... Yeah, I mean, like you said, the ERA and for what he's getting paid, you've got to factor those two things in, what the expectations were, just like I did with Wisdom. Like, he, he gets bumped up a little bit because he's not making a lot of money. Um, I went B, I think, like stuff. Like Ryan said, B, it's not, it's not electric, but what he's doing is sometimes just as impressive as a guy that has, you know, 18-inch break on the slider that gets Brendan all worked up and sweaty and stuff, that... <laughs> That's one thing, but if you can't control it and put it where you want it, it isn't worth that much. That's the Carlos Marmol curse, right? Mm -hmm. So what he does is impressive, too. Right now, at the end of the season and the second half of the season, he was pinpointing the edges. He was putting the ball where he wanted to, and he had full control. So I gave him overall a B. Now, I gave Steele a B plus. I can't say he was better than Steele because – no. Steele took big jumps. Uh, Steele, Steele's a better pitcher than Andy Rain Sampson, in my eyes. So just straight looks, just like the Nico thing, I couldn't go as high as a B plus, but I could go as high as a B for sure, yeah. based on what he was getting paid and what the expectations yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have gone B plus with, with his results. I, again, I just I weighed, again, the expectations for a guy that was DFA'd twice and sent back right. and sent you know, option to the minors once in the same year. Um, I, I kind of weighed that as like the way he ended the last half of the season was just beyond what anyone really expected of him. So that, I agree. I, that's why I went with the A minus for results, just because the results were beyond. No one would have expected that to happen when he, you know, got called back up to the coast for the last time. Yeah, I gave Steele a B, I think. So me giving Samson a B plus might be a little too much, but whatever. It's Dell Metrics, baby. <laughs> well, what do you what do you say? I might just be high right now. <laughs> I might so, be I might be high. Right I might now. be high. Yeah. This feels weird. <laughs> yeah. Did we clip that? Did you clip it yet? Well, we, we will. Well, we'll find Social. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I he just I, I think the expectations of him really are why I gave him the the grade I gave him. So, um, I do like the idea of potentially trading him. I just don't know if anyone will give up anything. Like if you put him in a package. For something like I don't, I don't know what you're going to get back. Yeah. That's that's a different story. Putting him right. in package, you're like you're just trying to trade him to get some like great value. I just, right. I don't think teams are going to overvalue th- him in the offseason. I season. think he is the new Alec Mills, 2.0, better version maybe. But yeah. your guy did throw a no hitter. Thanks, brother. Yeah, he's not there yet. Alec Mills has go? better How vibes. How did he say it to you when you said he said thanks, brother? <laughs> On his on his on his, Hulk on his scooter, yeah. You know, I, I, Hulk Hogan vibe. Before yeah. we let it was this has been a fun podcast. We had Joe Madden at the top. We brought out our report cards. Uh, Cody told us he was high, uh, <laughs> or he might be high. My car alarm went off. I was thinking a lot went on. What really would have ended that Joe Madden interview the best is if Cody would have started singing Creed. And Joe uh-huh. Madden would have jumped in and finished the lyrics. Oh man! Now that now that that's how we should have done it. Joe, can you tell us what band this is? <laughs> Next time we get him on, we're gonna play that game. Joe, which band yes. is this? And Cody will sing different oh. lyrics to different <laughs> bands that will all sound like Creed. Imagine just like just a sing along between Cody and Joe on the that would be yeah. Joe nah. Joe says he likes the the series over the Giants. Cody's like. 
No, brother. It was when you took me higher when you, Chris Bryant hit the home run and he starts <laughs> singing this, the lyrics. Higher. How's it go? Yeah. Can you take me higher? How does Cassidy deal with you? I don't know. I don't know. Between all your shoes and the music, and there's a lot, there's a lot of alcohol in the fridge. Like maybe that's how. Like, like I don't, I don't know. High end drunk now. Scooters all over the apartment. We are vibing all the time at my place. All right, real quick, who should we report card on Monday for players? Morel. Anybody want to see somebody specifically? I want to see Morel. 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 Let's do Morel and let's do. Uh, I want to see Morel and Keegan. Well, and we may have to do three. We'll see. Maybe we'll do three. Why would we do three? Morel, Keegan. You want to just do well, Morel, well, Keegan? We'll, I was going to say Morel we'll and VR. Maybe <laughs> we could do. I could do a third one of someone said, who got DFA. The grades said, have been too, the grades have been too Hayward. positive for Kalati. He wants a great Hayward. Wants, Hayward. Yeah. Oh. Leadership. Pep talks. <laughs> Do we have to? Hayward, Hayward, and uh, how about and uh, how about Mark, Mike Leiter, Mark Leiter Jr. Mark Leiter Jr. Let's do Hayward oh, man, and Mark Leiter Jr. The chat is going to be lit for that it's one. It's set. It's Hayward and Mark Leiter Jr. And maybe a bonus player. We'll think about it. <laughs> uh, Corey and Brendan will have the uh, podcast coming up on Friday. Well, and they might sneak in a little Bears talk. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens tonight. Uh, again, thanks to everybody that joined on the chat live on YouTube. Make sure you go there if you're listening to this as a podcast. Make sure you go there, subscribe, so you don't miss them when they're coming up. And uh, hit those like buttons. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets for 2000 bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Delmendo, Ryan Herrera, fly the W. Watch yourself, Omar.